0: CHAPTER FOUR I saw Jake the following day in the school cafeteria. I was wolfing down the goo of the day, drinking milk and trying to write my English paper at warp speed. See, I kind of had some homework due too, but I'd spent yesterday evening cruising around in Owl Morph looking for Eric's house. English paper? Jake asked as he sat down across from me. Yep. He laughed. <laughs> You're good for me, Marco. Compared to you, I'm so responsible. You have a topic? I looked up at him and thumped my finger down on the paper. I've already written three pages. What do you mean, do I have a topic? But Jake knows me. So, he said, do you have a topic? A topic will emerge. I'm just going to write until I discover a topic. The topic will rise from these pages. It will reveal itself to me. I just have to keep writing he nodded and made a face at the goo of the day on his tray. This food is blue. Food should not be blue. Hey, here's a topic for you. The use of total bull in the writing of English papers. I grinned. I am the master of bull. Three pages so far, and I haven't actually said a single thing. Did you guys happen to find our friend? I shot a glance left and then right. No one was seated near enough to overhear us. Besides, the cafeteria was so noisy from yelling and laughing and clashing dishes and scraping chairs that no one could hear much of anything. Yeah, we found out where he lives. Saw him through a window. Too bad, though. One of the other King residences we checked out had this girl living there who was amazing. You weren't window-peeping, I hope. I gave Jake my best shocked and outraged look. How could you even say that? What kind of person do you think I am? Jake nodded. Cassie wouldn't let you, huh? I am trying to write a paper here, I said. On the topic of... On the topic of how to write a thousand words and say nothing. Zero. Nada. Squat. Jake lowered his voice to just above a whisper. We need to check Eric out. Definitely something wrong there. I put down my pencil. You mean get inside his house? Jake shrugged. Not yet. Get Tobias to watch him when he's outside. But Tobias will need some help. I shrugged and went back to my paper. I'll help. I'll have plenty of time. I'm dropping out of school this afternoon. Right after the teacher gets done laughing at this paper. Topic. The use of rhetoric to obscure a lack of content. Jake said. I froze. I looked up. That's brilliant. It means the same as the use of total bull, but it sounds so much better. (laughs) Eat your goo. I gotta go. He left, and I saw him head over to the spot where Cassie was sitting. It's one of our rules. We can never start looking like a group. In school or in public places, we keep our distance. We only reveal the relationships that already existed before we became anamorphs. I happened to see Chapman coming in through the door of the cafeteria. He grabbed some kid who was running and told him to slow down. Then he gazed around the room, looking for troublemakers, like any normal vice-principal would. But Chapman isn't normal. Chapman is a controller. The yerk in his head is high-ranking enough to speak directly with this or three. For about a second... Chapman's eyes locked on mine. It was nothing, but it sent a shiver up my spine. Chapman runs the sharing. The flyers that Eric had been handing out at the concert had been about the sharing. Eric had never been some major friend of mine. He was just this kid I'd say hi to in the hallway. Except that he'd been there for my mother's funeral. A funeral without a body. Some other kids from school had come, so I didn't think anything much about it. Still, it was a nice thing for him to do and now he was working for the Sharing. The Sharing is a front organization for controllers. On the surface, it's a sort of club. Kids join it and go on campouts and field trips and stuff. Adults join it and supposedly do business deals together and take weekends at ski resorts. And probably most members of the Sharing never even know what's really going on. But the controllers who run the Sharing are always on the lookout for some person with problems. See, The Yerks don't just spread by forcing themselves on people. A lot of people become controllers by choice. I guess they want to feel like they're part of something bigger. Or maybe it's the secrecy they think is cool. I don't know. All I know is that the Yerks would rather have a voluntary host. They'd rather have you surrender your mind than take it by force. They work you up slowly through the levels of the sharing till they decide you're ready. Then they make promises and tell you lies... And the next thing you know, you're a slave inside your own mind, all the more easily controlled because you let it happen. I shoved the tray away from me and picked up my pencil again. I stared down at the paper. But I was seeing a funeral service. Singing. Flowers. Some priest talking about how great my mother had been. He hadn't even known my mother. I remember turning around in my pew to look at the church. A lot of people had come. A lot of sad faces. A lot of tears most people just looking solemn because that's the way you look at a funeral. Eric had been three rows back. He was wearing a suit that was probably scratchy and uncomfortable. But he didn't look solemn. He looked angry. And he was shaking his head slowly, barely, from side to side, as if he was unconsciously disagreeing with everything the priest said. At the time, I figured he was mad because he had to dress up. I understood that. And now Eric had reappeared, The boy who didn't smell human. The boy who worked for the sharing. Well, Eric, I muttered under my breath. We'll have to see about you. We'll definitely have to see.